0: invite you to stand as you are comfortable for the reading of the gospel. From Mark chapter 6, 30 to 34, with a break, and then 53 to 56. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Jesus said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves. And rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep, Without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized Jesus and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was, and wherever he went into villages or cities or farms. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. About a week ago, a super fancy new planner arrived at my door. And that's like a daily, weekly calendar type planner, which might seem like a boring way to start a sermon, but I disagree. I am a little obsessed with this planner. I had to take a personality test so the company would send me the right one. And they did. It's fantastic. I love it. It has all the spaces for all the lists I want to make, my to-do list, my shopping list, the I-need-to-write-the-sermon-idea-down-before-I-forget-it lists. I like lists if you didn't know that. Each day, it has me start out thinking about gratitude, goals for the day, for my relationships, for my own wellness. It has an entire section for every day about life balance, about work-life balance, about fun and wellness together. And what a novel idea to start out each day with a thought of, I will create balance in my life today by... Sometimes my answer is, by following all my lists. (laughs) Other times it's, don't add anything to my to-do list. As part of the three priority goals for each day, the planner has me list my main goal, one wellness goal, and one fun goal. And what I found this week, there were multiple days where my wellness goal was just, remember to eat lunch. It takes five minutes. It was just in big capital letters, I wrote EAT. And what a weird thing that I have to remind myself of. But in the busyness of our lives, it ends up being pretty important. Knowing ourselves well enough to know what kinds of ways we can create that kind of balance. Knowing ourselves well enough to take care of ourselves. And it sounds like maybe the apostles in our gospel reading from Mark today weren't doing a totally good job at that either. Maybe they needed a fancy planner to remind them to eat because... After they have gone out and taught and healed and ministered to large numbers of people, they return to Jesus and they tell him everything they've been doing. And I wonder if they were excitedly waiting for Jesus to congratulate them, to thank them, to celebrate the gifts (laughs) they've been sharing. But I guess they don't have member Sundays yet. And so (laughs) instead Jesus says to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Because they've been so busy. They've been coming and going. They haven't done much in terms of creating balance or wellness in their own lives. They haven't even had the leisure to eat. It wasn't on the list of directions from Jesus. Jesus told them to go out and baptize and heal and teach. He forgot to tell them to have lunch. And so they start to head out to a deserted place to find rest, to find a meal to gain some of that good balance in their lives so that they could teach better, heal more, be apostles. But it doesn't quite go as Jesus planned. People recognize them and hurry to get to that not-so-deserted-anymore place before Jesus and the apostles. When they get to the first shore and Jesus sees the crowd, his compassion gets the better of him. Because as Jesus said, these people gathered were like sheep without a shepherd, aimless together but completely separate vulnerable and in need and so jesus begins to teach them we miss a part of the story because of the way our lectionary calendar plans out the summer so just as jesus begins to teach them we move into what actually what is one of the feeding miracles in verses 36 through 50 or so and jesus teaches and provides food for those who are gathered because it's not just the apostles Who need to eat? These crowds need the balance that Jesus brings to, and Jesus provides them with what they need and more. What happens in our reading today skips over that piece between Jesus getting to the shore, seeing the crowd, having compassion, and then fast-forwarding to Jesus back in the boat, still trying to get some rest, heading to a different place, trying to get to Bethsaida, but instead they land a little too far south in Gennesaret. And as soon as they're out of the boat, people are rushing for Jesus to bring them that wellness, that healing, that only Jesus can give. And so, he does. He doesn't say, okay, everybody get back in the boat, let's go find an actual deserted place. Jesus says, we're here. He starts teaching, he starts feeding, he starts healing. He heals those who are gathered, even providing healing for those who just touch the hem of his cloak. Because sometimes, no matter how much we look to our plans or our fancy planners, the compassion of Christ calls us in all kinds of different directions. When I think of people who seem like sheep without a shepherd, especially with our reading today from Ephesians, which Lee read so well, it's hard for me not to think about how divided we are. It's not just Divided in our country, but in our world, in our community, even Longview, Kelso, Cowlitz County, there is a division, and there are so many ways that we divide ourselves, and that's not always the image we think of when we think of sheep without shepherds. We've heard pastors preach for years that a sheep without a shepherd is lost, is on their own, is at risk for wolves and predators, they have no guidance. They're, that. Basically, we've been taught that sheep are useless on their own, and that's probably true enough. I've done more research on sheep than I think anyone who doesn't like sheep should have to do in their lives. But as someone who has seen sheep without a shepherd, there's one image that always stands out to me. Because yes, sometimes sheep will wander off on their own, but more often than not, they are social creatures. They want to stick together. But it's how they stick together that can be the problem when there's no shepherd. They might leave one sheep out of the group, leave a sheep or two behind as they move on to find the best place to graze. They can become territorial against each other and fight amongst each other. Sheep actually hold grudges for years. That is a fact. And so when I picture people seeming like sheep without a shepherd, I wonder what Jesus saw when he looked out at that crowd on that shoreline, I wonder about all the ways we group ourselves up, we leave others behind, we hold grudges against each other, we are territorial for what we believe to be our own, and I know that it's not a new problem. Our entire reading from Ephesians today is pointing to these kinds of divisions made by human hands. For some reason, it's always about circumcision for the early church, but for us, there's all kinds of different issues. And that issue of circumcision really is just about Jewish Christians versus non-Jewish Christians. And for us, it's all kinds of things. Sometimes I feel like I list our divisions more often than I list the ways we we come together, but those divisions are still there. And for some of us in this church right now, whether we mean to or not, like sheep without a shepherd, we group ourselves in groups of us and them. Those human hands of our world have been busy making divisions and creating groups based on them, groups that often fail to see each other because their experiences are different, because their understandings are different, because as humans, hey, guess what? We're different. We shouldn't be like sheep without a shepherd, grouping ourselves up and leaving others behind because of those divisions by human hands, divisions like age and physical ability or mental illness. Divisions like race or nationality or ethnicity or immigration status. Divisions like faith traditions or languages spoken. Divisions like gender identity or sexual orientation. Divisions like the kind of income you have or where you fit into a social class system. I mean, we have literally built dividing walls that keep us from each other, keep us from communication, keep us from communion because of who we vote for and what news we watch. If that isn't cheap without a shepherd, I don't know what is. And maybe the world today doesn't look like we had hoped or we had planned. Maybe even our week, our day doesn't match what we had hoped or planned. Even if I love my fancy planner, maybe we know that sometimes it doesn't work out the way we hope. Maybe we struggle with empathy exhaustion, with compassion fatigue. But it's Christ's compassion working here. It's the compassion Jesus has for all people who are like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus takes our divisions, takes our dividing walls, takes our aimless and wandering sheep selves to the cross out of this compassion, out of God's great love for the entire world, for you and for me. Jesus dies to put to death the hostility in our world, and Jesus rises from the dead not to make one group like the other, but to bring all the groups, all the divisions, all the sheep, all the people together into a new humanity. That's what Christ's compassion looks like. And that's the compassion Jesus calls us to share with our neighbors, regardless of our differences, to see the humanity in one another, to be in relationship with one another, to recognize that maybe we need to put our fancy planners down, no matter how great they are, and maybe we need to take a break from our lists, and look to the shoreline for the crowds gathered. On this member Sunday, the writer of Ephesians reminds us what it means to be part of the household of God. They say, so then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. You are members of the body of Christ, and together we celebrate the peace and hope and compassion that Jesus shares with us as part of this one body, that Jesus shares with us and shares with the world that God so loves, that Jesus creates in himself and builds in us so that, as the writer of the says, we can grow into a holy temple in the Lord, so that together, built spiritually, we are built into a dwelling place for God, a home for God, so that together we are a place where the spirit of peace the hope of our Lord God, and the compassion of Christ Jesus dwell. Thanks be to God. Amen.